Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ninjas of Valleytown on the Kid Stories Podcast. In our last episode, we heard the ninjas team up with some important allies to battle the dreaded Red Dragon and save Valleytown. Unfortunately, the Grey Dragon was terribly injured in that battle, and two ninjas must travel to the Dark Forest to try and save him. In this episode, titled A Journey to the Dark Forest, written and read by me, Phil Bechtel. I hope you like it. Dr. Pills knocked loudly on Ben-Ben's door. It was still dark at the ninja camp. The sun had not yet risen. Ben-Ben answered the door with a groggy face. Ben-Ben, come quick, he said. The great dragon has returned to town and he is very sick. We usually call you when someone is sick, doctor, said Ben-Ben. Of course, Ben-Ben, but I have done everything I know for the past two days and Grey Dragon has only gotten worse, explained Dr. Pills. Last week, during the battle with the Red Dragon, he was poisoned. Ben-Ben grimaced at the memory of that terrible battle with the Red Dragon. He remembered that the Grey Dragon was clawed many times. There are many stories of the poison claws of the Red Dragon, said Ben-Ben, thinking out loud. What do you need from me? The only way to save him is to make medicine, said the doctor. So make medicine, said Ben-Ben. To make this medicine, I I will need, uh, stammered the doctor, mist fairy dust. Mist fairy dust, exclaimed Ben-Ben. That's impossible. I've never even seen a mist fairy. Not even Master Momo has seen one. Without it. The great dragon will die, said Dr. Pills seriously. Ben-Ben hung his head. This meant a trip to the dark forest. He had never been into the dark forest. It is a very dangerous place. Still, they had to try to find some mist fairies and save the great dragon. He had always been a friend to the valley town. The great dragon had injured himself defending the town from the red dragon. So Ben-Ben quickly gathered some tools and food from his chest. Tell the dragon we'll be back with his mist fairy dust in a few days. Ben-Ben walked over to Bulise's house. He knocked on her door and said, Bulise, it's an emergency. Bulise was up enjoying some tea. She answered the door. We must go to the dark forest and collect mist fairy dust to bring to the doctor so he can make medicine to save the gray dragon's life, said Ben-Ben, explaining it all in one breath. Bulise stood for a moment and thought about what Ben-Ben had just said. She, too, collected some things from a chest in her small ninja home. Ben-Ben and Bulise visited Momo before leaving. He already knew about the Grey Dragon and was glad the two ninjas volunteered to help. You two be careful, said Momo, and be quick. Then the two ninjas headed north to the dark forest. At about midday, they began crossing the rock fields where all manner of witches and wizards lived. Follow me, said Bulise as she headed to the western part of the rock fields. Shortly, they came upon a tall, skinny rock home. Here, said Bulise as she knocked on the door. An old woman opened the door and immediately hugged Bulise. Boo, baby, said the woman. I've missed you. I've missed you too, Mom, said Bulise. Ben-Ben and Bulise sat at a dinner table, sipping tea with Bulise's mother and father. 
We can't stay but a moment, said Bulis. We're headed to the dark forest. No, said Melon, her father. Oh, there's no place more dangerous in all the valley. We have to, said Bulis. Do you have anything that could help us? Melon and Jane, her mom, looked at each other and thought. The two then disappeared into different parts of the house, and they returned with useful items. This is a shadow whistle, said Jane, holding out a small whistle to Bulis. Blowing on it doesn't make a sound. Instead, it covers you in a dark shade, nearly invisible to anyone who may be searching for you. Thanks, Mom, said Bulis. And this, said Melon, is a bomb. Melon gently placed a perfectly round ball on the table. It was all black and no bigger than a meatball. How do we activate this bomb? asked Ben-Ben. You say the magic word and then throw it, explained Melon. What's the magic word? asked Bulis. Melon wrote the word down on a piece of paper, and Bulis and Ben-Ben both read it. The two ninjas again thanked Melon and Jane for their help and continued north through the rock fields. By nightfall, they had arrived at the tree line of the dark forest. The trees were so tall you couldn't see their tops, and the trunks were solid black. There was a thick fog that seemed to be spilling out of the forest. Should we wait for daylight? asked Ben-Ben. No, answered Bulis. Not much sunlight gets through the trees anyway. They say it's dark even in the daytime. So the two ninjas unsheathed their swords and cautiously entered the dark forest. Ben-Ben and Bulis were surprised with how quiet the dark forest was. They would sneak between the massive trees, creep among the fallen leaves, and then stop. They would stop to listen and to see if they could find any clues as to where some mist fairies might be. Every time they stopped to listen, they heard nothing. As if everything else stopped when they stopped and listened when they listened. They knew they were being watched, not by something, but by everything. After wandering about for a few hours, they began to hear a loud stomping noise. Something large was coming their way. They looked around. Ben-Ben and Bulis gripped their swords and prepared to fight as they both saw a large tree creature bounding toward them. This creature was nowhere near as tall as the other trees in the forest, but still, it stood as tall as a building, and certainly larger than the two of them. Put your swords away! yelled the creature. I ain't here to hurt you. Ben-Ben and Bulis were honestly too scared to think. They didn't trust the creature and remained poised in a fighting stance with their swords held tight. All right, all right, I wouldn't put my swords away either, said the creature as he laughed. The tree creature knelt down on one knee and looked closely at the two ninjas. For the first time, they saw his yellow eyes peering out keenly from the darkness of his bark. The eyes glowed like there were lights inside of him. What do you two want here in the dark forest? asked the creature. Ben-Ben took a breath and lowered his sword to his hip. We're here for mist fairy dust. The creature sighed and narrowed his eyes. Those creatures are not often seen. The gray dragon needs medicine made with the dust, explained Bulis. He won't live without it. 
the dark tree creature grumbled and stood up. The gray dragon, eh? he said almost to himself. A friend from long ago, when I was just a sapling. No one really knows where the Miss Fairies live. I've been wandering these woods for hundreds of years and I've only seen a few. Luckily for you, though, a few cave trolls got lucky themselves, the tree creature continued. About two miles north of here, three cave trolls have a mist fairy in a cage. But it's no simple matter. These trolls are not to be trifled with. They've lived in this dark place as long as I. And they're mean. Real mean. My name is Ben-Ben the Ninja, said Ben-Ben. Thank you for helping us. The Grey Dragon will thank you as well. I sure hope so, replied the creature. If he does survive, tell him Lucidus says hello. Ben-Ben and Bulis made their way north, as Lucidus instructed. And just as Lucidus said, there was a massive rock jutting up from the ground, housing a large cave. A campfire burned near the large cave entrance on one side of the rock. The entrance around the cave was a mess. There were racks of troll-sized swords and clubs and shields. Stolen chests overflowing with treasure were strewn about. Tables filled with all kinds of things stood inside and outside of the cave. Ben-Ben and Bulis saw three cave trolls mulling about. A large, bird, a large bird cage sat on the end of a wooden table. The cage seemed to glow faintly. Inside, the two ninjas could make out the profile of a fairy. It had to be the mist fairy that Lucidus mentioned. Ben-Ben whispered his plan to Bulis. The cage must be magic. No typical cage could hold a mist fairy. You distract the trolls and draw them away from the cave. I'll sneak up and steal the cage, then we'll leave the dark forest as fast as possible with the cage. How will we open the cage? asked Bulis. I don't know. We'll figure that out once we're out of the dark forest, answered Ben-Ben. Ben-Ben snuck over near the table and waited for Bulis's distraction. Bulis hid behind a tree trunk and took some food out of her small pack. There was a hunk of cheese, a pear, and some beef jerky. She cut into the pear and cheese with her knife, and then she used her cloak to fan the food so the scent of the food would drift toward the trolls. Soon the cave trolls lifted their noses in the air and began sniffing. They were sniffing deeply and looking in Bulis's direction. Food! called one of the trolls to the other two. Two of the trolls cautiously wandered in Bulis's general direction, sniffing at the air. The third troll, who had arms painted black and an eye patch, took hold of a large club and stayed near the bird cage, peering out into the forest. One of the two trolls that was searching for Bulis's food called back. Marco, he called. Come help us find the food. Marco, the black-armed troll, left the bird cage and followed his troll brothers. Bulis, hidden near the food, was holding the shadow whistle her mother had given her. While the trolls were distracted, Ben-Ben dashed toward the cage. 
He grabbed the handle on top and began to run, only to be jerked back down to the ground. The bird cage was chained to a large islet that had been driven into the cave wall and Ben-Ben hadn't noticed. The chain and the cage rattled so loudly that all three trolls snapped their heads around. They saw Ben-Ben get up and try to hack the chain apart with his sword. Bulis emerged from her hiding place and screamed at the trolls as they raced back to the cave. Two of the trolls turned around again and saw a dark, screaming shadow rushing toward them. Bulis was blowing the shadow whistle while she was attacking the trolls. They fearlessly reached out to grab her. Bulis was too fast. She ran around them and toward the cave. The troll named Marco continued rushing back to the cave and was almost there when Bulis rushed past him and stopped on the other side of the campfire. She used her sword and smacked flaming logs at Marco. He yelled and tried to duck out of the way. While Bulis was holding off the trolls, Ben-Ben was frantically trying to break the chain. The fairy yelled, Key! and pointed into the cave. There was a key lying on the table full of junk, and it was glowing gently, just like the cage. Ben-Ben ran into the cave and grabbed the key. He turned around, and the three trolls were headed his way. Bulis was jetting toward the cage, and she held up her hand and yelled, Key! Ben-Ben threw the key toward the cage just in time for Bulis to grab it. Bulis jumped to catch the large key in midair. Ben-Ben took out the bomb that was given to him by Melon. He whispered the magic word to the small explosive ball and threw it at the charging trolls. Ben-Ben knocked over the table and hid behind it. The dark forest shook with the incredible explosion. The blast was so powerful that a great wind rushed in all directions away from the cave entrance. Ben-Ben peeked over the table and saw a large hole near where the campfire was. The blast blew all of the racks of tables and treasure chests out into the forest. The explosion also lifted the trolls and threw them out into the forest away from the cave. The trolls were beginning to stir in the bushes and leaves as they tried to shake off the effects of the blast. Ben-Ben looked into the direction of the cage that was holding the mist fairy. Bulis's head poked around a tree, and she motioned to Ben-Ben. Ben-Ben ran to Bulis and noticed she was holding the cage with the fairy still in it. "'Did you try the key?' asked Ben-Ben. "'I didn't get it open before the explosion,' answered Bulis. "'The blast broke the chain and launched the key deep into the forest.' "'Forget it,' said Ben-Ben. "'We need to get out of here before these trolls come to their senses.' Ben-Ben and Bulis ran as fast as they could in the direction they came. They didn't look back for at least an hour. After they were completely exhausted, they stopped and crouched down behind a giant fallen tree. They listened. They heard nothing. They peeked over the fallen tree and looked around the forest. They did not see the trolls. The two ninjas looked into the cage together to address the fairy. Bulis placed the cage on the ground. The fairy was sitting against the wall of the cage, thankful that the cage had finally stopped bouncing around. "'And what will you two thieves be doing with me?' asked the fairy. "'We have not stolen you,' replied Ben-Ben. "'Well, well, uh, I, I guess we have, but we only intend to set you free.' "'We don't know how to get this cage open, though,' said Bulis. "'We need to get you out of here, and then we need to leave this dark forest.' That is most certainly your best course of action, said the Mist Fairy. My name is Will. I can take you to someone nearby who can help me get out of here. Will 
told Ben-Ben and Bulis where to go, and the three set out. Late in the evening, when there was little light left to see, they arrived at a small clearing. A large stump sat in the clearing, surrounded by bright green grass. Knock on the stump, three times very quickly and then three times slowly, instructed Will. Ben-Ben did as the fairy said and stood back. Ben-Ben and Bulis watched the stump. Soon a voice behind them laughed and said, <laughs> I do love when they stare at the stump. The two ninjas spun around as Will and the old man shared a laugh. What are you doing in that cage, Will? asked the man. And who are these two? What got you in a cage then? They rescued me, Gray, answered Will. Three cave trolls trapped and caged me. There's a hex on the cage, though. I can't get out. Trolls don't know a hex, Gray wondered to himself. His eyes perked up and he looked around. Let's get out of the open now. The two ninjas followed Gray to a large tree with a mass of tangled roots. Gray reached down and pulled the roots away as if they were a door, and steps lid down to a lit cave. Ben-Ben and Bulis were impressed with the beauty of Gray's underground home. It was bright and clean and comfortable, nothing like the dark and eerie forest above. Bulis placed the cage on a table. Gray opened a trunk and brought out what looked like a large square of metal, like a, a metal blanket. From the way he was holding it, it must have been very heavy. Gray was a shorter man, but was clearly very strong and muscular. He had a long red beard and bushy eyebrows on his old, smiling, wrinkled face. Gray huffed and breathed through his teeth as he carried the metal blanket over to the table. Ben-Ben helped him. He grabbed one side of it, and together they held it over the cage. When I say three, let go, said Gray. One, two, three. The two let go of this heavy metal block, and once it hit the top of the cage, it wilted into cloth. Ben-Ben furrowed his brow in curiosity as Gray lifted the cloth off of the cage and tossed it back into the trunk as if it were a weightless little blanket. Gray noticed Ben-Ben's confusion. He whispered through a smile, Magic, magic everywhere. Will unlocked the cage himself now that the hex was off and began to zip around the room. He flew quickly from one room to the next, excited to finally be free again. He left a small disappearing trail of fairy dust in his wake, and the fairy dust somehow glowed yellow and black at the same time. Will sat on the edge of the table as Gray brought in drinks and set them down. The two ninjas realized how tired they were at the same time. They each plopped into a chair and sighed. <sighs> they finally had a moment to collect their thoughts and plan their next move. Sounds like you all might have a good story for me, eh? inquired Gray. Will, smiling now and drinking from a thimble, told Gray all about the explosion, the escape. After he was finished telling the story, Gray asked, That sounds like quite a roll. But what I don't understand is, why were you two out here rescuing fairies in the first place? 
Ben-Ben took this opportunity to tell Gray and Will about their quest. Normally we mist fairies don't give our dust to anyone, said Will. However, seeing as you did save my life and I have heard that the Gray Dragon is a good fellow, I'll give you a bit. Will gave Bulis and Ben-Ben a small amount of mist fairy dust in a pouch. We must be on our way, said Ben-Ben. Thank you for the fairy dust, Will, and Gray, thank you for your hospitality. Ben-Ben and Bulis left Gray's warm, comfortable home and began running toward the meadow that bordered the dark forest on the south. They were determined not to stop running until they reached the meadow. When they were getting close, they began running through thick brush and bushes. And th these bushes were up to their knees. The ninjas were bounding through the growing thicket. But as they ran for the border, the foliage grew and grew around them. They unsheathed their swords and began hacking at the growing bushes. They were growing so fast now that Bulis and Ben-Ben could see the vines and branches were wrapping around their legs. Thick vines with thorns began reaching up to their arms and pulling them toward the ground. Bulis motioned toward one of the massive trees and yelled, We have to go up! They sheathed their swords and each climbed up a tree. The vines followed them up the tree. For a brief moment, they watched the vines wrap around the trees, reaching up and up, trying to grab and pull the ninjas back down to the ground. Jump, said Ben-Ben. He pressed his feet against the tree's massive black trunk, bent his knees, and sprung to the closest tree. Bulis and Ben-Ben were frantically springing from tree to tree like crazed monkeys. Soon their legs grew so tired that they hurt. But finally, they stopped and watched the ground. They waited for a moment to see if any vines would creep up to grab them. But once again, the forest was silent. The ground below them grew only small patches of grass and many muddy spots. Slowly, they crept down. Cautiously, they put their feet on the ground. With their swords drawn, they waited before continuing. They looked around one more time before rushing out into the open meadow just south of the dark forest. The two ninjas had no real idea how long they had been in the forest. They knew only that they were exhausted and that they were far from town. Follow me, yelled Ben-Ben. The two used all of their remaining energy to once again reach the rock fields where the witches lived, still north of Valley Town. The two came upon a black rock home and Ben-Ben knocked. Ben-Ben, it's good to see you again, said a smiling tubes. Ben-Ben and Tubes shared a quick hug. I don't have time to explain, said Ben-Ben. Bulis and I are in desperate need of horses to get us to Valley Town as fast as possible. The Grey Dragon's life depends on it. Tubes looked up. Henderson! Brock! yelled Tubes. Two horses trotted up quickly. These two ninjas need to make it to Valley Town as fast as possible, said Tubes. Waste no time in getting them there. Now, quickly! Bulis and Ben-Ben pulled themselves up onto the horses. The ninjas didn't need to direct the horses at all. They only needed to hold on. Once the riders were on, the horses burst forth and weaved in and out of the rock formations. They jumped streams and seemed to only go faster and faster. The horses finally reached the road and galloped so fast that the wind rushed over Ben-Ben and Bulis like a tornado. Bulis held the fairy dust pouch tight in her hand. The horses ran so fast that the thundering of their hooves faded to a wispy sound, and the ninjas swore they were flying. 
As they approached the town, Ben-Ben saw the dragon laying on his side with a small crowd gathered near him. There, Ben-Ben directed. Bulis hopped off the horse and gave the dust to the doctor, who ran straight to his office to mix the medicine. He returned shortly and administered the medicine to the dragon with a needle. Ben-Ben and Bulis sat on the ground, slumped against the dragon, fast asleep. They had been gone for four days. Maybe too long. Ben-Ben woke to hot, stinky breath on his face. The dragon breathed and huffed while he slept, blowing hot, gross dragon breath on Ben-Ben. Ben-Ben woke and walked over near the building where the doctor was talking with a small group of townspeople. How is he, doctor? asked Ben-Ben. He is responding to the medicine, answered the doctor. It'll be a few days, but he'll be fine. Ben-Ben let out a sigh of relief. He saw Bulis at the coffee shop across the street. Bulis, with her eyes closed tight, let the bright sunlight shine on her face while she enjoyed a cup of coffee. Ben-Ben sat next to Bulis, and she opened her eyes and looked at him. We did it, he said. The end. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on iTunes. And thanks so much for listening.